Welcome back to System Minutes Trivia, the podcast where we are all quippy. This is Brent. I'm Jonathan. And it's Star Wars Day! Woo! It's Star Wars Day? Actually, it's the 40th anniversary of Star Wars. Oh, okay. I was like, that's May the 4th, I think. It is May the 4th. And then but the today is not May the 4th. Today is May 20th. National Wine Day. National Wine Day. It, it is, is, in fact, National Wine Day. It is officially 40 years of Star Wars. Thank you very much. Right, that too. Are you celebrating Star Wars with wine? Is there a Star Wars wine? There should be. Probably. If there's not one, I'm going to have Jay Thaw make one. Actually, I don't. Jay Thaw, I wanted to talk to you about your play, Chance. Your pottery. This, th- what? this conversation. <laughs> Star Wars wine and clay. <laughs> All right. Well, Yo, we're jumping all over the place. Yeah, That's are. how you we keep just, it high energy. We're everywhere. Do you want to just ask me right now? Yes, I do. No. Yeah. Oh. No. Yeah. Well, well you, I mean, you can. Me. Yeah. Sure. Go ahead. It's probably interesting. I want. <laughs> okay, go. I want a marine beer stocking made by you. A marine? Yes. U.S. United States Marine Corps beer stein made by you. I can make a beer stein, but what do you mean by USMC? Like, if it has, uh, you know, super file and all. Okay. Yeah, just put like six Semper Fidelis and then like the... Not six Semper Fidelis. That's not... We're not saying always faithful... uh, Always tyranny, whatever freaking Booth said. It's not six Semper Fidelis, you freaking... That's... That is not what six Semper Fidelis means. Do you know what Semperfly comes from? Yes, it's Semper Fidelis. Okay. Which is always faithful. The sick part? Well, I know six Semper Tyrannis, which is what Booth said. And that's without tyranny something or other. Right. Well, sick is sick means thus. Okay. Anyway, <laughs> yeah, okay. we'll talk about it later. But yeah, <laughs> I want to know how that came about coming from Star Wars and yeah, why. Me too, I, I and wanted why. to ask Jathan because I had been listening. I had you know he was talking about his pottery last time, and I wanted to ask him. Oh right. And I remember asking him on the air. <laughs> okay. Got it. If anyone wants me to make them pottery, I usually will do it for only the cost of shipping and. Whatever donation you choose on top of that. I'm not going to give you so, anything. You have to do it all. You're, you have to do it all. Well, you're a little bit special, so I'll probably do that for you. <laughs> Thank you, Jayton. <laughs> oh, but the bromance you might is die real. Drink out of it. I will wash. Wait, it what? Heavily. Did you say he shouldn't drink out of it? Oh no, he should. Oh, I okay. just said he might die. What? <laughs> Why will I? Why? Because I'll probably just use lead glaze. <laughs> oh my god! Can you not kill co-hosts, please? You're a jackass. Fine. And well, I hate you. He didn't even offer to pay for shipping, and I'm hurt. <laughs> My God, Jayton, so, I was going to yeah. offer to pay for shipping. So I'm okay. emotionally hurt. Let me kill the co-host. That's <laughs> I don't... eye for an eye. <laughs> for... <laughs> I'll give you. I'll give you an you eye. Cannot put a price on emotion. I'll give you a pink oh, eye. Oh gosh. Well, you guys wanted high energy. This is what happens when we get yeah. Jathan ramped up. I'm this fucking is... high energy. Also, I've been celebrating National Wine Day. <laughs> <laughs> For how long? What glass are you on? I don't really measure it that way. Oh, it's going to be a long night. Oh, I'm halfway through the bottle that I chose, though. And how big is this bottle? I mean, the little bitty bottles don't count, dude. You know? No, it's just a normal bottle of wine. Okay, so halfway through a bottle. When did you start is the important Wait, if I send you a picture of me and my bottle of wine, will you put it in the show notes? Uh, why? I, 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 fine. Just say yes. Cause I, because cause I look, I'm in my closet. Because he's got to do it anyways. He's got to do it anyways. Yeah, and he's going to complain when I don't do it. Have to yeah, see the fine, anyhow, I'll do it. You know? But when did the the more important quiz question is we all know the size of a wine bottle. When did you start drinking? Well, I don't know. There's some really big ones that you have to like you have to stand up to and knock the. No, it's free. it's it's. He said it's, it's a just, normal size it's wine a normal bottle. Size bottle. Sure. About forty minutes ago. 
Okay, so half a bottle in 40 minutes is is pretty good. We're going to be in for a, a, a good night, I think. I mean, I'm usually drunk by the baddie anyways. So. That's, that's true. Now you're going to be hammered. You're going to be so sloshed, it's going to take you 15 minutes instead of five minutes to say one sentence. So I think you were confusing things because you said six zipper Fidelis, and I meant, and you actually think you meant six zipper Tyrannus. Which is no, what? I said six zipper Fidelis. But why would you say thus always... Too faithful, or all this always faithful, because that's not uh, how it goes. six. Is, well, six like a prefix. It's it's presenting the motto. It's but you not don't need to say sick in front of it. Like that's you don't how, need to. Yeah, right. Uh, yeah, but I mean, six super I mean, tyrannus is thus always the tyrants. And, right, but I didn't say that. Right, I understand that. Okay, but all right, <laughs> all right, all right. <laughs> is, there, is there any other pending business that needs to be brought up? <laughs> <laughs> that's not that funny i think it is that's hilarious maybe maybe it's maybe it's the whiskey okay so speaking of so jathan what what exactly what kind of wine are you drinking i am drinking wine from a place in chile it is kimbao pinot noir can you you're gonna need to spell that for me k-i-m-b-a-o kimbao that's italian i have no idea the wine itself is from chile Chile. Okay, so it's Chilean. Yeah, I imagine. Okay, that makes. And this sense. is uh, specifically from 2015. This bottle. Mm-hmm. It's okay. It's not my favorite wine, but I'm a member of a wine club, and I like to get an assortment of things and just try them out. And I find things I like, and I find things I don't like. And usually, like I'll get a big mixed case of like 12 or 24 bottles that are all different, and then I write down the ones I like. And the next time I buy a case, I just get like three or four bottles of the ones I really liked. So then, how do you discover what you? new things that you like what do you mean i just told you how i know I but buy... if you if you buy if you if you try the wine then buy it in bulk how do you discover the new wine after that uh usually if i buy like a case of 12 i'll buy like three to four bottles of three or four wines i like right because a case is 12 bottles oh, okay so and you, i'll you drink like okay yeah and i'll drink like one of them but i have been starting to sell her some wine so i specifically like check if that wine can age usually before I buy a bunch of it. Mm-hmm. And anything that's good for at least three to five years or longer, I will sell her at this point. So I have a whole shelf in my closet. Not the closet I'm in, but... <laughs> How many closets do you have? Yeah, I've got I got a lot of closets. <laughs> a lot of skeletons. <laughs> this just in, yeah. Jathan is still not out of the closet. He has a closet in his closet. So <laughs> I, I've got about 24 bottles now cellared of like six or eight different wines. So it's uh, can yeah. they really be cellared if they're not in a cellar? Yes, as long as you don't let them get super hot and they aren't exposed to a whole lot of light, then it's okay. Well, then they're just stored. They're not really cellar. Right. Well, th- I think it's a term that's used to define is, like you know. Don't be fucking pedantic. <laughs> but I am pedantic. <laughs> not usually. Just when you want to be a fucking anus. Uh, I'm always pedantic. Just not to you. So you're saying he's only anal when he wants to be an anus? I'm saying... I got the puns all night! I got the puns all night. (laughs) Okay, Peyton, Peyton, what are you you drinking? I have some purette rum and some Diet Coke. Okay. And some water, because I'm still coming around. Diet Coke is bad for your brain. Shut up. Oh my gosh. Jathan, you're driving me nuts. I'm on that good old Bullet 10 again. Uh, The Bullet Bourbon 10-year. Yeah, and I'm I'm feeling good already. I'm That's I'm only great. a couple steps in, but it's it's That's warming great. my heart. That's great. Keeping it high yeah. energy. We gotta keep I it am. high energy. 
Yeah, woo! Are you guys woo. high energy? Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. Oh yeah, Jathan, we've had official yeah. complaints that you're not high energy we, enough. We've in had season two dude, episode fuck seven. That we shit. literally had. You know what complaints. I'll do? Great. You know what I'll do? All three of them have been from the same person, but there have been complaints. Hey, listen, a complaint is a complaint. We need a to compl- take each complaint and and look at it, read it very carefully, and make sure that we and then promptly d- disregard it. And but then <laughs> don't have that thing. complaint again. Is what we need to do. If that person, yes volunteers their phone number i'll call them and give them a high energy dose of exactly how i feel about their complaint i uh, you heard it here live folks uh, yep that's right i situation. do it for the fans jay thought if i if i tell you who it is in irc is. will you know who it is okay will you will you ask them in irc and make sure yeah. to get clearance for us to use it on the air too yeah because otherwise we can't it. record it you don't need to do it now oh, yeah all right that's fine okay do it do it by the end of the episode maybe after the baddie well remind me who it is because i'm a little drunk <laughs> oh, but i i could okay. go back and find it you know i'm pretty smart it's it's that person yeah i thought so okay clackety, 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 clackety. yeah mechanical keyboard Okay, so Jathan's gonna work on that, and remember wiretapping laws and all that, so we do have to get permission to use the recording. Jathan explicitly mentioned to him that we would like to publish the recording. We can't... (laughs) While he's doing that, we've got two basic discussion topics. First is how to purchase used equipment properly. Properly is kind of a loaded term, of course, but it came from Jathan. I, I can't remember how it came up. But he did mention that it, it would be a good topic. So I added it in. Because we haven't really talked a whole lot about actual purchasing of equipment. And you can save a lot of money by buying used equipment. Quite a bit, actually. Yeah, yeah. A lot of... I, and there's... Sorry. Uh, I was just going to say, there's several instances where it might be a good idea. I mean, I wouldn't do it for something that's going to go prime time, But for demoing something new or doing a proof of concept or sort of, you know... Well, backup, uh, not not like storage backup, but I mean like a backup system to have in place in the event that your primary one fails or something. It might not be the worst idea. Well, even then, even for production, prime like primary production, I think it's a, some equipment would probably be okay. Yeah, sure. Okay. A lot of times, you know, people just upgrade their their entire system and then they just kind of want to get rid of the old stuff and make a profit off doing so. So. Well, not make a profit, but absorb some of the cost of doing so. So that would be a, a good instance where you've got you've still got perfectly functional hardware i hopefully you know they'd be able to tell you when they first initially bought it and stuff when you buy but we'll get into that we'll, we'll talk more about that later on and then we also have another section things you should never say after a cyber attack thanks to uh os writer and irc we got two sort of case studies Boy, that could have been worse what you probably should not have done <laughs> yeah 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 that's that's something you probably shouldn't say after a compromise everything is fine here Nothing to see. <laughs> right. right. <laughs> but we'll have two actual real case studies of responses to incidences that probably should have gone a little bit better. What hack? That being said... Uh, what? What hack? <laughs> right. That being said, let's go into the news. Peyton. Hey, this is Peyton with the news. Sorry for all the, uh, you know, it just hit me. I, I, had to, I had to drop some on you. All right. So the first bit of news we have here is that Government is under pressure, and I believe this is actually UK government, after NHS crippled and global cyber attack as weekend of chaos looms. That's the headline here. Uh, That would be the National Health Service, or, uh, yeah. So, the government and the NHS are are worried about the WannaCrypt issue that just hit. If you don't know what that is, come out from under your rock. Researchers with security software maker Avast had had observed over 57,000 infections in 99 countries with Russia, Ukraine, and Taiwan, the top targets. 
They said there's no evidence that the medical records have been accessed, but it was unable to say whether the hackers had the ability to destroy such records. So this is a big deal. It's still affecting people. Take a look at it. Apple has been seeing more requests for data relating to national security. In the last half of 2016, they received almost 6,000 requests relating to national security, and that was double the amount in the first six months. FBI, obviously, you know, last year asked for the phone belonging to San Bernardino shooter Saeed Farouk. There have been, across the world, there have been 30,184 requests related to devices in the second half of 2016. So they're, they don't normally publish the NSL letters that they get, the national security letters that they get, but they do have a declassified letter at this time. Take a look at that. There, it was a system error that caused chaos at the Sydney airport. The passports cannot be processed. Oh, I'm sorry. The issue meant passports could be processed electronically, which was slowing down the check-in process. It was fixed about 11 a.m., and the queues were eased uh, by midday. Passengers were stuck for hours without flights or any information about their flights at all. We're still not quite sure what the problem was. Yeah, I, I didn't see explicit mention of what exactly the cause was. Once we find out, I'm sure we'll, we'll go ahead and add it in there. But, you know, when I read through it, other airports were also re- reporting delays as well, too. So it could have been a DDoS. It could have been any number of things. Mm-hmm. Last two items. Go. High Last energy. Times. Go. All right. Yeah. All right. So there's a new Samba worm that uses seven NSA hacking tools and WannaCry just used two. All right. Yeah. Eternal Rocks. <laughs> it uses seven, seven NSA tools. Seven NSA tools. Can you believe that? Sunday, 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 Sunday. Sunday, Sunday. It's going to be released. <laughs> this worm, which is re- which uh, after it infected the SMB honeypot of Miroslav Stampar, member of the Croatian government CERT, C-E-R-T, and creator of the SQL map tool, uh, he detected it, and it uses the following tools. Eternal Blue, Eternal Champion, Eternal Romance, and Eternal Synergy, and then SMB Touch, Archer Touch, and Double Pulsar. This is a big deal. It it does appear to be less dangerous. It's far more complex. Obviously, as you know, sometimes the more complex something is, that doesn't always mean the more it spreads or the harder it is to defeat. There is no kill switch domain in this, however, though. So... Yeah, we got we got lucky with one. We got on that really one. lucky. It could be weaponized in an instant, but we'll see what happens. Stop using SMB Joy. one, or maybe dear NSA, stop hoarding, stop hoarding vulns. Yeah, <laughs> that too. That too. <laughs> Nip the problem in the bud. If you're a CCW holder in Florida, your permit information might have been exposed in a computer hack. That's really terrible. Yeah. <laughs> My God. The Department of Agriculture and Consumer Services had a public or made public about a data breach over regarding more than 16,000 permit weapon holders. Their names were released. There was other information that was possibly accessed, but they don't know. Mm. The Agriculture Commissioner, Adam Putnam, who's running for governor, has ordered a comprehensive review. So if you live in Florida and you are a concealed carry weapon holder, change your name. Change and that's Peyton with the news. High energy. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Oh. I'm tired now. Wow. Can I take it out? <laughs> Getting too old for this shit. Right? All right. So how to purchase used equipment properly. We hmm. should talk about why this is a topic. Well, well, yeah, I can't. Why did you suggest it? I can't remember. Primarily thought of it because was it people in our through? channel talk about, you know, giving machines away and right, it was something to do with their home lab. The yeah. Or lack of home lab, right. perhaps. Yeah. Right. And so it got me thinking like. You know, I think it's one thing if you buy something and you don't rip the OS off of it and install your own, because that would probably be stupid. Right. But, you know, what should you think about when you're buying used equipment? When is it the right situation? 
When is it better to buy new? When should you sell your equipment? Maybe. I don't know. We'll just see where it goes. Discs. I would say discs always buy new for two reasons. One, you don't know what's on them. So you, 1A, don't want to be liable for what may be on them. 1B, don't want to deal with possible infection. Like, don't ever, like, even if you do reuse discs, which you really shouldn't do, don't ever use the same OS install. Install over it. Like, zero it out totally and install over it. But there are, like, firmware viri and stuff that infect discs. So be aware of that as well, which is why they just don't even bother with discs. And if you're selling equipment, used equipment, don't sell your discs. <laughs> it's pretty trivial. Like, even if you think you scrubbed it pretty well, there's some pretty interesting data recovery techniques that even an amateur can do. So don't, just don't, just scrap your discs when you're done with them. And point one, what am I up to? One C, you don't know the lifetime on those discs. You know, di discs especially, we've now gotten to the point, I think, where rotational is less reliable than solid state, which I never thought I would say, but I think we're finally there at that point. Yeah, we're getting there. I would agree with that. Yeah, especially with like production quality decreasing because there's less demand and so on and so forth. Yeah. But yeah, either way, you don't know the lifetime of those discs. And yeah, you can get a general idea from like smart status and stuff, but you don't really know. And it's just a risky operation in general. So I would keep away from reusing discs. Chassis, you're pro like chassis stuff, you're probably fine. They tend to last a long time. They're not really liable to go bad. You know, well, and it, it, yeah. I mean, the thing is, like, you're talking about rotational not being that good. You're still, I mean, you're still talking about discs that have a, a set lifespan regardless. I mean, what is it? Like yeah. 60, 70 years that they expect them to be good. I, you know. But those are under lab conditions. Right. Those are under quote, lab yeah. conditions, not next to the guy who's chain smoking, you know, in the server room. Or, or like, what? you know. <laughs> what? Or the guy torrenting or whatever. Yeah. Multiple read writes a second. Yeah. Yeah, Jayton, exactly. I mean, not every not every company has a dedicated server room, you know. Yeah, it could be an SMB or something. Exactly. Yeah, and that is kind of where I got at with 1C. Right. So, yeah, you just don't know. There's a lot of unknowns with storage in general, so really try and avoid it. But if you somehow do get your hands on a resold disk as part of a, a chassis that they maybe forgot to take out it's a good chance to practice data recovery technique you know you learned a lot of interesting stuff a lot of interesting stuff and then immediately trash that disc <laughs> so yeah so it can prevent i guess a learning experience but it's less than ideal and you don't want to use it yourself you know what we should do is we should talk at some point about data disposal yeah yeah we talk we, a lot about data sort of... archival but we don't really i don't think we've really talked about data destruction i do think we talked about like degaussing yeah, we talked about it, but... Briefly. Yeah, I don't think yeah. we've spent a lot of time on it. Yeah, we haven't really gone in-depth as to which methods are effective for which media. Like, degaussing for SSDs? Totally useless. You would have to regauss them, or I guess just gauss them, which is the inversion of a degaussing process. Yeah, so it's... You kind of got to know what your media is and how to wipe it properly, but we'll go into that in a later episode. It does sound okay. like an interesting topic. So... Yes, Jathan. What? Well, okay, so I have not personally bought anything from Unix Surplus, mm -hmm. but for very low-level proof-of-concept things at work, we definitely have. Sure. How do you feel about using a small company like them to purchase hardware from? Do they do, they do refurb at all or, or just flat-out resell? 
Well, they do some on eBay and whatnot, so I would say yes, they do. Okay. If they yeah, I think they they do a pretty good job, and I think they do actually test it to some extent. Oh, cool. Okay. Before like sending it back out, it's not like they just get it in and they're like, oh yeah, turn it around. Yeah. yeah. It back out. I guess with the caveat that I haven't used Unix surplus myself for sourcing, as long as they test and they refurb models, yeah, totally. I don't I don't see a problem with using them. There's a lot of builders out there that will offer used products as well. I'd say it's less important which specific vendor you go to, and more importantly, that you ask them what sort of treatment do they get their incoming, between incoming and shipping out, you know, like what goes on between there, if anything, because you really want to make sure that they go through the trouble and the hassle of going through it all so you don't have to. Also, warranties, even limited warranties are great, because keep in mind, you are, at the end of the day, still getting used equipment. And it's almost assuredly going to be outside the company warranty. So the manufacturer warranty. So that's also another good thing to keep in mind. Typically, you're going to probably go with older hardware. I don't think I have any secondhand racks that have UFE, for instance. Yeah, I, I can't think of any any of my uh, rack mounts that have UFE that I got secondhand. I have a couple, but I, I bought those myself brand new. Let's see. You'll probably want, and I actually have this here in my notes, you'll want an RS-232 to USB converter because a lot of those older boxes, any most of the newer ones too, but a lot of the older ones have a serial port, which are immensely useful. Whether you're racking, you can usually have an RS-232 input right into like a KVM switch or something. A lot of them do offer an RS-232. You will want to make sure that... Oh yeah, that's a good point. You want to make sure you get any paperwork they kept on maintenance of it so you know you so at least you have a general condition a general idea of the condition but keep in mind if you're going through like a a reseller such as unix surplus you're probably not going to have access to the original seller yeah probably not so yeah so that's going to be a little bit more difficult but it can be really handy in the case of like if it came with an oem install and they'll only and it happens to still be under manufacturer warranty but they require the oes install oem install on it you'll want to somehow flash that back before sending it back in for maintenance if you need to that's i would not say that's a very big concern but it is something to keep in mind i can't think of a single company that requires oem install these days it used to be a a pretty popular thing but i i think there was a lawsuit about it and that they don't require it i don't know but yeah it is good to keep in mind and it will streamline the process what else Okay, and last point we have here in in this discussion is, or at least in our pre-show notes, is what you can do to make sure it's okay. What I would do if buying used hardware, and all my used hardware, you know, like I said, I didn't get it from a vendor. It's it's all been person to person. Mm -hmm. So I had a chance to do this beforehand. But once you get your hands on it, I would do a men test. 86 plus test, you know, if it came with RAM or otherwise just to test the memory channels themselves. That's always a good thing to do. There are a couple CPU burn-in tests specifically that will run on Linux. I think one is M prime where it uses like Mersenne prime to stre- max out the CPU and see how long it holds under that. There is the Pharonix test suite. And we'll of course link to all these in the show notes as we always do. But the Pharonix test suite is probably going to be my biggest recommendation. We talked a couple episodes ago about B-Disc. One of the uses could be using, you know, installing the Pharonix test suite onto B-Disc and then using that as your, your sort of performance measuring tool. So the Phronix is the PTS Phronix test suite is mostly designed for sort of clocking the performance of a machine 
But it does have some things in there that will sort of let you stress test it. And really, stress testing is the name of the game here. You want to throw stuff at it and hope it doesn't break. And if it does break, you're going to want to send it back. Mm-hmm. I think those are the only specific suggestions I have. And there are, of course, like Windows, like WinPE equivalents of those and stuff. But I don't know of them offhand because I haven't used Windows in like 12 years or whatever, what, whatever it is, much less had to build a Windows system. So, yeah, those are the only specific things that are coming to mind. Oh, learn how to use a multimeter because they're great for testing PSUs. Yeah. Yeah, they're sure. fantastic. Absolutely. I think even the A-plus guide... Like the the study guide has a whole section on testing PSUs with a multimeter. So while I do joke that, you know, the A plus is kind of worthless and it kind of is, there is still some useful stuff in there like that. What else? I can't think of anything else specific. Can either of you? Well, I've got more than a few things that I was going to say once you, you know, you ended. If you're, if you're done, uh, I don't mind. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I've gotten, you know, some stuff online, uh, you know, that, that my, my lovely wife let me buy. I got discs that were used, actually. And, uh, I mean, you know, for what I was trying to get, which was SAS drives, I, you know, I didn't mind, you know, going with used and going with someone else. I mean, they've obviously been wiped and mm-hmm. overwritten a couple times or whatever. But, you know, I got my system from my R610. I got it from a buddy of mine. You know, you, you all know who he is. But, uh, you know, he tested them out and, and, uh, and, and gave them to me. There's still, you know, things that I've done to test them, make sure they work. And mm-hmm. I think as long as you're smart with what you with what you purchase and what you get, you know, you're not going to have to worry about, well, is this is this memory safe or is, is this is this hard disk safe? You know, great. Granted, I mean, you don't want to, you know, reuse the operating system that whatever's on there, you know. Mm-hmm. But, um. I, uh, you're going to be lucky if you're buying older, like R610s or R710s or, or anything like that. If you get any kind of discs or licenses, those usually come at a premium. I mean, most of the time people mm-hmm. are selling just the, just the server itself. Nine times yep. out of 10, you're not even going to get hard drives with it, you know? So if you can get that, that's great. And that's actually, I would say it's worth the dosh there to, you know, try to get it. If you ever get someone from someone else, like Jayton's probably going to get, I mean, the first thing I would recommend for him to do is, like you said, run that mem test and then just make sure the drives are wiped and, you know, go from there. I don't think it has to be scary to get from, like, Unix Circus. I was going through their site when we were talking about it, and they've, they've got some good stuff, but they're sold out a lot of stuff, too. So, mm. yeah. You know, it's a good place to buy stuff, but, you know, I guess it just depends on how much you're willing to spend and where you're looking. I've done a lot of shopping on eBay, and, I mean, eBay has a lot of really good stuff for not that much, really, you know. So I guess the point I'm trying to make is you can find good quality components for your small to medium business in a lot of different places and don't be afraid of using eBay. I would not use Craigslist. Yeah. Well, I say that, but I've seen some really good deals that people have gotten on Craigslist. So I would say use Craigslist sparingly. Like, you know, if you haven't gotten a bite in a while, check it. But I wouldn't rely on it to be able to get you what you need, you know. Mm -hmm. Uh, Other than that. I don't really... I would definitely try and steer clear from Craigslist for, like, desktops or workstations. Oh, yeah, no. At that point, it, Absolutely not. it's a good chance it's fenced, you know? Sure. Well, yeah. and, and I guess the one thing I should have maybe added to this discussion earlier on is the whole reason that this is sort of also fresh in my mind is I don't have, as we sort of mentioned, a, a real home lab of sorts. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I have been getting into more freelancing. I've been doing a little bit more sort of development work, like even the game site to have a local copy of that, which, you know, granted, I'm just working. It's a tiny site, whatever. I'm just working on my Linode, which is fine. Mm-hmm. But just to be able to 
to stand up a fresh VM and make sure everything works across different operating systems for whatever, and to have a couple of VMs on hand and not have to worry about taking up storage space or whatever, it's just, you know, nice mm-hmm. thing. Yeah, Absolutely. and especially if your home OS is different than what you use at work. Which, you know? yeah. Yeah, like at work, we're a, a rail shop, CentOS specifically, and I'm an Arch guy. You know, like I, I can easily system in the CentOS system, but for personal machines, I prefer Arch. So it does let me spin up a pristine CentOS environment. Or, you know, I can spin one up and then run an Ansible against it so it matches the system I'm deploying to at work and what have you. That's out of scope for the actual hardware discussion. But yeah, we all, I think, our professional environments are different from our home environments. Yep. All three of us. I agree with that, yeah. Yeah. So it having like a, a VM lab specifically is super useful. And you can do things like uh, run iPixie or just regular Pixie inside that VM lab too, plus Kickstart and all the other things. So it, it can really make turning up a new VM pretty quick. Or you can template it, you know, you can build it like, all right, this is our web server. This is how our web server is configured. And then just clone that to have a known pristine copy and then work on that and then trash it when you're done and then start fresh. You know, if you want to make another, you should really start fresh before each deployment to test. Right. Yep. Right, right. And that was really my point. Yeah. It's like, even, you know, I've been talking about contributing to B-Disk by making sure it builds on like CentOS 7. And, you know, fortunately, I don't really get too much shit at work if I spin up a VM for something like that, even though it's completely personal, as long as it's on my own time. Mm-hmm. But, you know, having the capability to do that at home and, you know, not have to worry about it, it would just be nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. I hear you on that one, Jathan. I, I really like the ability to, to sit here and just pull up, I mean, whatever I want, I can... I mean, whatever I want, it's sitting there. And so, I mean, I, that's why, you know, I'm willing to send you some stuff, you know, that I have that spares of. We'll discuss, you know, shipping mm-hmm. and whatnot. But, you know, I'm here to help you out, buddy. If you make me a beer stein, you know. <laughs> there you go. There's your payment. Yeah, so we we definitely are at varying levels of home lab deployment. But if you're, especially within the context of a home lab, like a home VM lab or something, mm-hmm. use hardware is definitely going to be to your advantage oh yeah Um, definitely yeah absolutely i'd say maybe half of my actual rack mounts are used and i would probably have spent much more (laughs) if they weren't so well it's definitely very useful yeah i personally have not been able to find a decent rack mount used what like the chassis or yeah the chassis yeah you know the actual thing that you would put all your servers into you know your network switch oh oh the actual cabinet yeah, the actual yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Ch- yeah chassis is the thing you slide in right. the actual cabinet i'll I can, I can get you some links and you know what i'll put them in the show notes i've already got one that i need to put together so I, i'm not really okay. you know i'm not really that's the problem that, but... yeah when you get them when you get cabs new you have to put them together yourself yeah, yeah. and that's it's such a pain in the butt but well, I don't mind. I like do like to shop at IKEA too, so you know. Okay. Yeah, I would maybe recommend getting it like a half or quarter cab yeah. for our listeners. Yeah, definitely. A full cab just takes up so much space and hard as fuck to move by yourself. Oh yeah, too. it's dangerous to move by yourself. Some of yeah. them are really really heavy. One of the other things mm-hmm. I would recommend too is if you get a switch of any kind, the first thing you need to go in, especially if it's managed, is you need to go in and reset it to defaults like immediately. Yeah. You know, yeah. I don't know if we covered that. There, we haven't touched on it, but that's that's a great point. Anything I've spent anything that's got any kind of setting that's that can be changed, including a password. Mm-hmm. You know, you should go in and set that to default, and then change the password. Add your user, you know, and then at least you've taken the steps to make sure that you're secure in that regard. You know, yeah, because I mean, you've got one thing where like it could potentially even be like VPNing back into the GRE network of 
the previous owner or something. I've had that happen. And it's weird when it happens and you feel super awkward about it. Like, this is an intentional sorry. Also, you should maybe wipe your stuff to defaults before selling it to us. Yes, you should. But yeah, that is a great point. And it's going to save you so much time in trying to debug later. I've spent an hour trying to figure out why a switch was a managed switch wasn't working the way I expected it to. And it's because they disabled like three quarters of the ports. <laughs> So I'm like, okay, let's just try over from the beginning. Let's try it with a vanilla config. Or the ports are all set to to 100. Yeah, or or like it's it's like half of them are mirrored to the other. They people do some what? weird stuff with their managed switches. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And the reason I said, you know, get yourself an RS-232 to USB adapter is because a lot of managed switches do have an RS-232 management interface, and that's often the only management interface they have. So that's going to be a necessity at that point if you're looking to get, like, switches and routers, stuff like that. The other thing I would recommend looking at is making sure that you have some sort of APC, or well, not APC, but, you know, a UPS, and then also... Um, Check your circuit that you're tied to at your box, your power box. Make sure that you're not using something that's got a, a low breaker on it that's going to trip all the time. Yeah, well, are we talking used UPSs? I don't think so. I, I don't... Yeah. I, I wasn't... I was saying getting I'm, UPS just in general, and then also... I'm torn on it. Yeah, well, yeah, I mean, that's always a good idea. We, we should do a separate episode on actual building, actually building like a home lab or something, but... Yeah, that'd be... I was actually just thinking that'd be that good would be to a do fantastic yeah. next episode, episode yeah. actually. Yeah, yeah. So it does bring up an interesting point, though. Like, how viable are used UPSs? I think it depends on how much it was used. Like, if you if it's bulging and obviously well, not working, well, yeah, yeah, that's you know. that's definitely that's definitely. Go. I, well, I would say used UPSs are probably fine, given that you replace the battery no matter what. Always use a fresh battery when using a new UPS. I would say, yeah. Yeah. Unfortunately, that tends to be like at least half the price of the thing. But so. you know what you're getting then at that point. You're not, right, you're not walking exactly. into a situation where how long has this battery been sitting charging? You know, yeah. is it yeah. actually is it overcharged? Also, is it, how fat does it drain? How old is it? Do you really need a UPS for your Yes. Lab? I would say so. Yes, you do. Yeah. You, you really do. Why? Because redundancy, dude. Power redundancy. You, 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 how often do you well, not power? so much yeah, that, no. but... But that's like, a, in a production environment, that's important. But if your home lab goes down, well, like, it might be an inconvenience depending on the day. It goes beyond availability right. for me. It's also low power, high power surges. Right, yeah. A lot of them do have surge... Pro- make sure your, your UPS has surge protection built in. Not all of them do. But it is a good point to say that. For me, though, it's more about extending the life of my hardware. You know, if you get one with a, a management interface, like I have a, I think it's a, what is it? A CyberPower. They're real cheap. They're not the best, but they work. Mm-hmm. They have a USB connection, right? And then I can use APC UPSD to monitor that. And then the UPS will say, hey, I'm on battery right now. The power dropped out. You know, the, the mains dropped out. The computer said, oh, shit. Okay, I better shut myself down or do whatever. Mm-hmm. It can send you an email or, you know, even you can even set up to like PDSH to all your other machines, do a clean shutdown of them. Right. Because you can only really have it connected to the USB management. You can only connect it to one host. More like better models will let you connect it to multiple monitoring hosts, but whatever. Anyways, that monitoring host can say, okay, I got to take care of this. So I'm going to do a, I'm going to SSH to all the other machines on that UPS and tell them to do a clean shutdown before the power on that battery, before the battery totally drains. And that will let you avoid data corruption. It'll let you avoid DB corruption, especially. DB corruption is super sensitive to power loss. I guess DBs are sensible, not DB corruption. Whatever. It'll help prevent like uh, weird power issues. 
you know, cutting power off to a machine is really not the ideal way of shutting it down. No, really. It's terrible. Bad idea. So that's the benefit of it to me, Jathan, for a home lab, is keeping in mind the hardware is already used, you know, so it's already got kind of a limited lifespan. You're, you want to extend that as much as possible. Yeah. I think. Yeah, absolutely. I meant, I, I didn't really mean like redundancy when I said that. I, what I meant was, and I, you know, I, I've had to explain to a lot of people that, I mean, a UPS, what it does is it doesn't provide necessarily straight power. It filters your power and makes it clean. So, you know, if you have a lot of spikes in your power, either up or low, it's going to prevent that from, you know, possibly corrupting, you know, not only your system, but maybe your information. Well, you got to, I mean, you got to make sure it checs for that. Not all of them do. Right, right, right. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. exactly. But yeah, and if you're just looking for that functionality for spending less money, you know, if you don't really care about clean shutdowns, like if you're running like all solid state, no fans, you know, like, like. You know, if they're like thin clients or something. Yeah, you can save some money and just get a surge protector slash regulator. And that'll do all that without having to, you know, worry about battery maintenance and all that other stuff. But, you know, then you, you don't get the benefit of clean shutdowns on loss of power. Yeah, so right. it's kind of a trade-off. Yeah. And anybody have anything else? Jathan? Nope. Peyton? Uh, I'm good, man. I'm good. Okay. I, uh, cool. You know, I, I've said a lot. I feel like I've contributed this time more than the past couple times. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm all about it. Okay, cool. About time you got off your ass and did something. <laughs> well, it's about time you didn't monopolize the conversation, jackass. Wow, holy shit. Shit's getting real. Fuck your beer, Stein. How's this for high energy? Man, the yeah, drama is goddamn flying. Fucking fisticuffs in the closet. I'll give, you fisti- closet? I'll give you fisting in the closet. <laughs> and there's your episode title. Fisting in the closet? Yes, no, that's no, perfect. Not, Absolutely. No, yeah. No. <laughs> Never mind. Yeah, that's perfect. Uh, I mean, I, I feel like we've had worse titles, honestly. We have. We yeah. really have. Like uh, Analax. <laughs> that one was hilarious. That, that was, was hilarious, though. I got to check the stats on that again. I wonder if that's still our most listened to episode. Probably is. All right. All right. We have good right. episodes. We got to move on. We're moving on. Yeah, yeah. We're going to move on. We're moving on. on. We're making good time, yeah, so let's let's keep the trend. So moving on, things you should never say after a cyber attack. Maybe not things literally, like specific words or phrases, but more so just general reactions to or things you at least should not say until you're definitely fucking sure. Sure, yeah. What not to yeah. do? Hmm. What not to wow. do? Yeah, that, we really that's, should that's have made sure that firewall was closed. <laughs> yeah. So we have two specific case studies from you know actual real life, but we could probably actual real life. Yeah. As opposed to not to, to fake real life. real life, yeah. As opposed to second life, Jathan. Is this the real life? Is this, is this real life fantasy? Jathan, cut on a landslide. There is no spoon, Jathan. <laughs> I love how there was just like two seconds of silence. <laughs> okay, so the first one. Does anyone want to take this, or is this? I'll take it. I'll take it. I gotta save myself. You for gotta, yeah, you gotta. You gotta keep it high energy. You're, so you gotta high, high energy. Yeah, I'm getting downtrodden Do over here. Okay. Too much Eric Clapton before the show. So, there has been big happening at NHS. Specifically related to that sort of global ransomware Peyton mentioned in the news. The, the one that came out of... Yeah, WannaCry. But now you, you really should have heard of WannaCry. And if you haven't, you should be crying. Because you're... <laughs> <laughs> your systems probably need to be patched. So, assuming you're on Windows, you know, it's not targeting Linux, but whatever. So, the UK NHS, the, was it National Healthcare Services? Something like that. Or, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not, I'm sure someone's going to we're, we're not, we're not UKers, so we don't really know. UKers, yeah. We don't really care either. Sure, America. I'm sure someone's oh, going to yeah. correct me. But, so, they've been accused of not having 
let's say up to snuff security. Granted, it's probably a fair accusation. Uh, uh. <laughs> yeah, so they have been accused of this attack and really taking part of it because it kind of spread across Europe because of them. You know, I mean, they were the entry point for Europe as far as we've been able to determine. Were they using Sama version one? I don't know offhand. I would have to look into that, I think. But when accused of being compromised and being the sort of patient zero for Europe, they responded with this phrase. There is no evidence that patient data has been compromised. Let's think about this for a second. They didn't know they were compromised until someone told them. That's they the didn't know the kind, scope of it. It's the worst kind. Well, probably the worst kind is being compromised and never knowing it, but that's the second worst kind, I would say. Yeah, 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 yeah. Sure. So they didn't know until someone pointed out. They didn't know the scope of how badly they affected the rest of the EU. They then go on to say there is no evidence that patient data has been compromised. How do you know? How do you know? How do you prove a negative? You know, like I have, first of all, I have severe sort of apprehensions about your ability to ascertain the severity of the event. Well, well don't you just, first off, well, don't you just times it times a negative and then it's, then it's a positive? <laughs> no, that's not how real life works. That only works with numbers. <laughs> and not your bank account numbers either. I tried and it not one your time, bank account. It didn't right. Work. <laughs> that will not work. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> so I already have issues like trusting their ability to determine the actual scope of how big they fucked up well frankly speaking and then they go on to say like oh don't worry patient data is fine yeah how do you know well here's the thing I think the thing that, that we're seeing is we're seeing things like GitLab where they were mm. wide open about it I mean they literally bent over and were like look here's us you know here's here's our problem that was an operator issue too exactly a, but yeah I mean that's kind of like apples and mandarins uh, or oranges and mandarins I would say I, it's, it's similar but not like you know I don't know that I necessarily agree with that. I feel like if there's a problem that affects other people or affects your customers or spreads to the EU or the United States or, mm. or whatever, you know, other third world country you're living in, I think if something that you've done or something that you haven't done affects that, then it's definitely an issue where you need to be like, hey, look, we screwed up. This is our problem. We're working to fix it. Not just say there's no evidence that patient data has been compromised. You just don't do that. This day and age... That perspective I agree right, with, yeah. Right. At that point, it seems like you're trying to just say what you think people want you to yeah, say. Right. Yeah, right, right, right. I mean, I, you know, seriously, in this day and age, with the amount of information that's available instantly, you cannot... And the hide, amount of poor ACL attached to that data, yeah. Right. You cannot deny or hide or obfuscate things like this. It comes out. People like Snowden reveal hacking things. Trump says where our subs are, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. I mean, these things happen. It's gonna, it's you're gonna, people are gonna find out. And they're gonna be more pissed off at you because you didn't say something. And mm -hmm. if you had just said we are aware of a compromise, we suspect X number, we'll have more details, and then follow up on it. You know. And yeah. when I say like GitLab is a prime example. I mean, that's what I really mean is, like, they actually, like, went above and beyond with the shit. The communication. Thought. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. They opened, okay. they opened the doors up. They're like, look, this is what we've got going on. This is what we see. This is what happened. You know, we're working to fix it. And then yeah. you have... I was... Go ahead. I was willing to look past my apprehension, my initial apprehension towards uh, the... Um, GitLab? NHS or whatever oh, okay. it is. 
because you don't always know when you're compromised and it's hard sure. yeah it's hard to prove a negative but it's also hard to prove a positive sometimes sure. too especially in the case of compromise you don't know necessarily what to look for well you can't always take everything that happens to you at face value either you can't Right. And, you know, if someone calls in and says, yeah, I've compromised you guys, you got to be like, oh, okay, all right, we believe you. You know, you, you say, okay, and you check, and you come back to them. You don't just go, no. Yeah, like, yeah, what you know. what evidence do you have? Yeah, yeah, yeah. evidence. Oh, I'm in so-and-so's computer right now, and I just put a screen up on her screen. Go take a look. And you go look, and sure see enough, that, and it's like, oh. See well, that new text file in slash root? Yeah, right. That's me. Yeah, right. yeah exactly, yeah. You know, or the idiot that says, uh, well, I, I created a GUI in Visual Basic to track the IP. <laughs> I'll get you know. out of here. Yeah, so, I mean, I can, I was willing to look past my initial apprehension and give them a chance, give them some grace about it. Because, like, yeah, it, it is sometimes hard to know when you've been comped. Yeah. Otherwise, you know, the whole point of a compromise is to not tip them off. Because uh, then your operation's blown, you know? Sure. But when you go and say, after having, after it's been revealed that you you were the source of all this other sort of attack spreading... Mm-hmm. After then to go on and say, we're confident that patient data hasn't been compromised. That to me just smacks of either incompetence or arrogance or both. I would say it's it's probably both. Yeah. You know, well, there's no way we're compromised. Meanwhile, yeah. the IT guys like in the back going, um, our firewalls me. are wide open. We have no patching schedule. What the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And the firewalls are open because the you guys the just declined CEO my CEO got tired my firewall right? upgrade. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and and the firewalls are open because the CEO got tired of having a VPN all the time. Yeah, to open his yeah. Facebook, you know. <laughs> well, you, you wouldn't need VPN to open his Facebook, but yeah, you know exactly, like stuff like that. Yeah. How many times has a C level or someone tied to a C level said they need X and they don't care about the security, and then that's the result that causes a compromise? It's happened more times than we care to count. You know, yeah. because so-and-so thinks they're above the law, and you can't be above the law when it comes to things like ransomware. Like, you have to make sure that you're... Well, the problem is ransomware itself is already literally above the law. Sure. Like, it, it, sure. it circumvents the... Yeah, yeah. So, you gotta kind of stick more strictly to the letter of the law. The, yeah. the informal, you know, the security practices right. to try and thwart that. And even then, it's not going to be perfect, and that's fine. I would never make fun of a company that actually makes due effort to try and protect themselves when it gets comped. It happens. Yeah. You can't be perfectly secure. But well, if you, have a, if you have a connection to the internet, I mean, you're pretty much wide open anyway. You know? You're at, well, no, I, so, I wouldn't go that far. I mean, you're at risk, I would say. No, you're wide open, like Jathan. No. no Jathan's no, wide just, open right now. Don't, don't. Turn this into a weird thing. I'm trying to make a point. So, yeah, I'd say if there is widespread proof that you were the source of infection, don't sort of go on the record as as making assumptions about the scope of it. Because it's even still being investigated, you know? So, I don't know. Or, Or you could just do, like, the next thing. Oh, right. Yeah. Okay. So, the FCC is refusing to publish evidence of a DDoS attack. We know what happened, you know? it's it's sort of a this kind of brings me back to like the whole NSA thing. So for years, like people in the sort of hacker con scene, we knew about some shady shit going down. You know, we knew that there was some espionage being done against citizens. We didn't necessarily have a whole lot of a whole lot of really uh, details, but when we would try and tell people this, we just got accused of being tinfoil hatters. Well, uh, I'm sorry. Yeah. The NSA has monitored international incoming and outgoing calls and traffic since uh, its inception. So Mm -hmm. if you were not thinking that it didn't happen internally as well, you're, you're wrong. 
I mean, like. Well, I was I was speaking more towards like the, the right. Snowden revelations, I meant, like Prism. I, I didn't mean yeah. you either. I just meant like in general. Yeah. You know. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, and that's the thing. Like, you say something ludicrous, like our government is spying on us. You, yeah, granted, you're probably going to sound like a nutter. Yeah. Because it's got such a bad reputation of it being said and not yeah. being the case. Right. So we didn't really have any hard proof until, again, you know, the Snowden leaks and all that. Thank you. But people didn't believe us. So then finally, when the, the leaks actually happened from an inside source, I guess that was the catalyst to get people saying like, oh, well, this actually happens. Not that it's changed a whole lot. Mind. People still, you know, do all sorts of weird stuff. <laughs> Indeed, they do. Yeah, it, like they don't, they haven't really taken any sort of greater prioritization to privacy, I think, because you can leak details all you want. You can leak secrets all you want. People, the vast majority, just won't care about digital privacy. And I think that's sort of a social problem rather than a data problem I agree with that. or an evidence problem. But that's a whole nother discussion, I think. Anyways, back to actually on topic. So the FCC, you know, was DDoS. I mean, it's pretty evident when a DDoS happens, right? It's in the word, you know, right. denial of service. You're, the service you're trying to access is being denied. It's <laughs> duh, duh, duh. So, you know, it's happening. But, you know, after being sort of, I guess, coerced to, to have a form filled out on the John Oliver show, they sort of didn't really have a good answer as to why the site was down. A lot of it, and this is sort of like later done through analysis, turns out a lot of it was botting done by, you know, like ISP giants who, all right, let me give more of the backstory, I guess, so I'm not being so vague about this. Mm -hmm. So John Oliver says, hey, here's a link. If you care about, you know, your online rights or whatever, click it. People click it. They fill out the form, whatever. A lot of them, you know, because John Oliver is such a very popular figurehead, a lot they just tend to do whatever he says because you know they they figure oh his values reflect my values i'm just gonna do it whatever fine that's whatever like like ends justify the means i have my own problems with media and, and manipulation of people towards their own values but whatever <laughs> okay the ends justify the means in this case sure. uh and i i, I hesitate saying that because that's kind of like dictatorial justifying but whatever in this case it had a good effect a lot of people voice their concern about you know the keeping the internet fair yeah and a side effect of that is some of the major business players who don't want to necessarily keep things fair and are trying to look for an extra buck through the whole thing and want to see this sort of internet freedom controlled, I guess, they decided that they needed to counter these posts from people with bots. So they flooded the form system <laughs> with bots, and it's pretty obvious that they're bots because they're like, they all say the same thing, yeah, you yeah, know. Yeah. It, it's a really bum job of a of a, it's, it's a really terrible bot job but you know whatever the point is they, they basically ended up ddosing the site because of it yeah but the fcc is kind of saying no that didn't happen but we know it happened like that's right the, that's the thing I, we that see that we we know you see the comments it, and you see yeah, yeah yeah so i don't know that i'm trying to keep it vague because i don't really want to get too much into discussion of like actual internet freedoms and stuff because this is more so the response that they had you don't want to have evidence of a thing and i guess this this goes back to the nhs you don't want to have evidence of a thing that happened and then say it didn't happen or yeah maybe it happened but it's not as bad as you think when there are clear signs that it's pretty fucking bad there is no evidence so. that our patient's data was lost <laughs> Right. Uh, uh, compromised. Yeah. Yeah. So that's those are two very good examples, I think, of, I guess, the sort of corporatized response to incidences. We need better incident disclosure. Yeah. I think that people need to realize that, OK, you know, something happened, something screwed up, someone else did something, you know, that's fine. 
what are you going to do to fix it, number one, and what are you going to do to make sure it doesn't happen again? Like, yeah, you know. Yeah. At this rate, the things that have been compromised, the things that have been hacked, you're going to get hacked. You have to realize mm-hmm. that at some point, it's going to happen. You're going to get compromised. There's going to be a zero day that you don't know how to protect against. Whatever, it's going to happen. So your steps are... And even and even like less severe ones. Right. Like, yeah, you, they may not get root, but yeah, you, you're probably going to get DDoS at least right. once. Definitely. You're, you're going to have, you know, even if it's not necessarily someone from exterior, you have a malicious employee who's been fired who decides that he's going to take a laptop home with him and release mm-hmm. information on the internet. You can't protect against everything, so it's going to happen. So the next, yeah. the best, the most reasonable step is to say, what can we do to stop it? What can we do next time? And what time? do we do when it happens? Right, exactly. Yeah. And not yeah. this bullshit of, well, there's no evidence. Uh, well, we, we don't, there's, there's, it's not happening. You know, it just... And I think we're going to get a little metaphysical here. Uh, this is metaphysical administrivia. Metaphysical administrivia. I think a lot of the problem lies culturally. We have this sort of sue until they bleed mentality. Yes. Or, you know, you have like publicly traded companies where the board or the shareholders or what have you, they want someone, they want an individual or two to be held liable. Oh, yeah. And nobody wants to lose their job, whether it's their fault or not. Yeah, Even they, they could be doing their best and it could still happen. And nobody wants to lose their job because of that. So I think that's a really bad approach because it just kind of prevents this sort of openness and, and the sort of disclosure that really everyone would benefit from. So I don't know. And if you're doing stuff that maybe you don't want disclosed, you should maybe not be doing that stuff. I guess right. further, that's, but that's the other thing. yeah, it all kind of ties together about this culture of anti-disclosure, like somehow admitting that there's a problem or admitting that you're doing something or admitting that something happened somehow automatically in the shareholders or in the boards or whatever's in their minds, that means loss of revenue and, you know, huge doomsday scenario consequences. And it's not. As my seven-year-old would say, dun, dun, dun. (laughs) Right, exactly. Yeah, most of the time, like, when people are actually revealed these details, the response is usually overwhelmingly positive. Yeah, Yeah, you're going to have, like, maybe 3 to 10% of, like, negativity because people just don't understand that stuff happens. Right. But compare that to, I don't know, the 50% of loss of revenue, like the 50% of, of loss of customers after discovering that you've been dishonest about it. Well, I don't, I don't see why you let would me continue you this. to follow that sort of policy. Yeah. How many people do you think actually respected GitLab when they had their issue and they were, how many people do you think actually were like, wait a minute, I really like what they did here. I'm going to go start using them just because of the way they acted, you know? I didn't, I'll tell you what, I followed a lot of it, like I followed their live, they live stream, I think we talked about yeah, this, they live streamed them fixing the issue. So I followed, I was, I watched that for a bit, I followed the chat in there, I followed a lot of it on Twitter where a lot of the reaction was taking place, and people were overwhelmingly praising them. Yeah. For every one negative tweet I saw about it on Twitter, there were maybe, I want to say 30 to 50 positive tweets sending encouragement to GitLab. Most of it was admittedly from existing customers right. on both sides of the fence. So I don't know how much new customers you'd bring in, how you know how many new clients or whatever you'd bring in, but I know you're going to keep the ones you have. And that's pretty important. That's a point that's often overlooked. And your company can't grow if you keep losing customers, What no matter what your incoming rate is. If your retention rate isn't high, you're going to fail. So... I don't know. I, that's that's a really important point, I think, that, that people need to consider. Yeah. Jathan, what do you have to say about this? You've been pretty quiet. I don't have that much to say, really. I mean, you guys mostly <laughs> covered it. It's 
Well, you know how I feel about the GitLab thing, yeah, for one. Yeah. And I, for one, wish more people would give them a look mm-hmm. for yeah. for hosting Me too. needs. I mean, you know how I feel about transparency in mm-hmm. general. You know mostly how I feel about the god-awful shithead government. <laughs> I, I don't think you can right. say things like that. Oh, sure you can. First Amendment. This is America-ish. <laughs> Ish. First, look, we still have the First it's Amendment. It's unclear We still have point, the First Amendment. We do? You know. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I don't, I don't really have that much to add. I mean, it was okay, I guess, that this was a discussion topic, but it's not like a surprising thing to me. It's kind of just like, okay. yeah. Yeah, for those uh, listening who are not very personally familiar with Jathan, he, he holds basically the same kind of stance that Peyton and I do. Maybe somewhere in between. I think I, I take kind of a more, I don't know. I know Peyton and I believe in this a lot of the same stuff but for different reasons so i think jathan's reasoning is pretty different too but we we all pretty much agree on how you know gitlab handled things we're proud of how they handled things oh absolutely you know we think the government shouldn't be spying on its no, citizens be. especially if they're not specifically accused of anything right <laughs> you know, we we think seriously companies should admit when they fuck up I, mean, I i think that really kind of sums up the entire discussion right there yeah and I mean, for me personally, that's what I try to do. If I make a mistake at mm-hmm. work, I mean, I definitely within my team, I share if at all possible. But what's more is if it impacts customers, it's a front facing service or, you know, I don't necessarily always have customers per se. I'm sort of doing air quotes yeah, here. Clients but if it impacts or, the, yeah. the researchers that I support or whatever, you better believe I'm sending a message out to everyone I know who's impacted. I'm personally apologizing. I'll give as much honest information as I possibly can, but, you know, in some cases that's just, we're still looking into this, we're we're sorry for the inconvenience, this is what we think it might be, this is the direction we're heading, this is how we're trying to figure it out, and you just provide updates as they come, mm-hmm. and, you know, it's something that I do because I know I appreciate it in other people, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. I think that's a, a good point, though. So a lot of these companies where we see problems with disclosure about uh, incidences, they have, like, they're so big that they have... PR people. Mm-hmm. They have people dedicated to PR. Yeah. But that PR is dedicated on putting a spin on things rather than actually informing the public, informing the customers, informing the clients, informing the citizens. And I think that's where a lot of the issue is. I don't really expect engineers to be the ones sending the email necessarily. It's great that Jathan does it. It's great that he has time to do it. Usually when when the shit hits the fan, I don't because I'm, you know, we're smaller, so I have to I have to be the one fixing it. So I don't really have time to send the emails usually. But you should have people, if that's the case, you should have people designated to getting in touch with the customers and giving them updates. You know, so if you have a PR team, let them do fucking PR. Let them do the relations part of public relations. Don't, like, don't make it, like, the propaganda department. But don't pull that bullshit that, like, you know, that, like, the president does with his press secretary, for example. And I'm not specifically saying, you know, Trump. I mean, just in general, like, don't not inform your PR person because then they're not lying when they don't say anything factual. Yeah, that that plays into, like, the whole cultural, like, sort of liability game that a lot of, so many players play. Yeah, this has got a little... Yeah, it it has. And I'd say we're nearing the end here. You want to take care of the baddie? I would love to take care of the baddie. How drunk are you? On a scale of one to Kesha, Uh, how drunk are you? I've never seen Kesha. Scale of one to... Let's see. Give me someone drunk. One to Lindsay Lohan. How drunk are you? Oh, he's definitely a Lindsay Lohan. Six. Okay, okay. got it. I don't know. I kind of got real sleepy, so I slowed down. <laughs> I a noticed bit. that. Yeah, you're not high energy. Yeah, not anymore. No, this. Well, I just got off of running a three day freaking event. No excuse. Whatever. There are no excuses. Do you want me to just yell at the baddie? No. no, don't do that because then you're gonna peak. Yeah.
Your, your recording's going to So, quit. we have a story here from the Cairns Post. C-A-I-R-N-S. Cairns? Uh, C-A... Wait, wait, where? Oh, Cairns. Hospital. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Which is in Australia, right? Yes. Real quick side note, though. The source we're going to link to will set off your U-Block. It should be safe, but it, U-Block doesn't like something about the URL, so just a heads up. Anyway, um, so basically, the health minister of, I assume, Australia, or maybe just the hospital, I don't really know, Cameron Dick has assured that no patient safety has what? been compromised due to a major oh. software failure. Yeah, how relevant. At Cairns Hospital. So, not reading the article to you, but in summary, there were a bunch of updates pushed out to the systems at the hospital, including the those used like at the triage desk in the emergency room, including the ones that were running, uh, you know, like EEG mm. and MRI and other medical machines. And this update did a couple of things. So number one, the hospital is in what they're calling, quote unquote, code yellow alert status because people cannot log in to their computers after the update. So they're having to manually like do all the paperwork to admit patients and stuff like that. Which of course so is worse yellow... than getting infected by WannaCry. Yeah. <laughs> of course. No, I don't think No, it's... that's uh, it's sarcasm, Jathan. Slash S. Also, I do not get the impression that that's what the update was for. I feel like it is. The timing kind of coincides too conveniently to me, but So it's unclear to me, but it also seems that Per this update, somehow there is a very large catastrophic loss of patient data. So it doesn't appear that the data has gotten leaked in any way or compromised. It just seems like maybe it got deleted. <laughs> Oops. So it is still sort of up in the air whether or not this was actually an attack of some sort, but it is strongly suspicioned. Suspicioned. What's that Supposed. word? Supposed. All right. It's highly <laughs> supposed. <laughs> it is highly supposed. I don't think it right. works. It's highly suspicious. <laughs> that... <laughs> I don't think supposes work. I don't think supposes the right word. Let me make up a new one. Suspicious. Yeah. So it's highly suspicious that. <laughs> suspected? <laughs> yeah, suspected. Yeah, there you go. It's highly suspicious <laughs> that. It just uses the, the... wrong word again. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's uh, <laughs> so drunk. that that this is because of the update though. Okay. So we're giving the administrators at this hospital baddie. I feel like we give a lot of hospitals baddies. That's because they do such. Hospitals a tend to just job. make shitty decisions, except when it comes to your health, I guess. But here's <laughs> the thing: it's just like it doesn't matter if you're working at a school or a hospital, or if you're black, or if you're or white, or normal. It just it doesn't matter where you're working if you're in charge of performing updates even if it's like a critical security update don't push it without testing the fucking update. yeah like it may especially be in a hospital like yeah what? even if it's like a critical security fix it may break stuff but at least you'll be able to warn people like yeah but but also just test yeah it. like <laughs> yeah just take test. one computer and test it like huh i updated it and now nobody can log in maybe i should wait but no i guess well, not i wouldn't i wouldn't wait if it's for a critical fix like if it is for WannaCry, like, you, you don't really want to wait on that. How long does it really take to patch one system and test Well, it? no, 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 no. I agree with you there. I'm saying you don't want to wait on pushing out an update that's critical, even if it breaks stuff. But the point of testing... Uh, I think it depends. Well, the point of testing... No, it doesn't depend. I mean, it's it's the whole point of the word critical means it's critical. The whole point of testing in that case, though, is so you can send out an alert, a memo saying, like, look, some stuff is going to break. We're working on a fix, but we don't have a choice, you know? Mm-hmm. 
So, and again, this is under the assumption it's for WannaCry. I get the, my gut says it is. My gut says it's related. I did not get that impression. Well, that's the impression I got just based on timing. But, you know, because otherwise, why would a hospital even push out a patch, right? They're not really known for pushing out patches that often. Well, maybe, yeah. See? I mean, there's reason to my madness, Jathan. But yeah, so they get a baddie. <laughs> Sadly. This was kind of a boring baddie. Yeah, I mean, it's good, though. I mean, you brought down a whole login system with one patch, so that's pretty impressive. Yeah, I have to imagine they lost a lot of money because they were not only, you know, possibly admitting less people or, like, you know, doing Probably less Probably paying testing. overtime to uh, keep extra staff on hand to fill out the forms manually, too. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm sure it had some economical consequences, but I don't know. I, it's an okay baddie. You did all right, buddy. <laughs> I'm the one who found Good. it. Yeah. 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 Originally, that? it was a news item. Yeah. Well, I, 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 I promoted it. to. I started reading it. I was like, wait a minute. This is actually, this is actually be a good baddie because we couldn't rely yeah. on OS writer to, uh, you know, actually give us, uh, you know, the one he told us about. Yeah, he had one for us, but I couldn't get a source for it. So we're hopefully still waiting on that. I don't want to really go into too much detail about it in case it is, mm-hmm. in case we use it in the future, but whatever. <laughs> yep, sad trombone. Anyways, sadly, the person that sent in the complaints about Jathan's high energyness or lack thereof could not be reached for comments or extensive comment, and we have no contact information. So unfortunately, you won't be hearing from him on the air. But let me just tell you, if you're listening... <laughs> Yes, Jathan. I'm sending my energy, and it's oh coming God. for you. Is that so? <sighs> yeah. And you're going to be suspicion all kinds of things. Suspicion? <laughs> suspicion is not a verb. It's not a word. Suspicion's a real suspicion, word, but I didn't but use you, it right. Yeah, you said I-N apostrophe, not I-O-N. You didn't use it as a noun. Yeah, right. <laughs> That's fine. Suspicion. When you're high energy Woo! like me... What up? Anything well, is when possible. I'm drunk like you, maybe I'll have. I'm not <laughs> you drunk. are absolutely drunk, sir. You don't know that. I, uh, I am that. about ninety percent certainty that you are drunk. We're gonna FaceTime. No, we're not. Show oh you. God! Because I don't have any Apple products. Well, I, I have one, but I don't have a webcam. So give it one. No, no, I'm not FaceTiming with you. Give it up. Anyways, then admit that I'm not. Anyways, drunk. anyways, <laughs> this has been Sism Minutes Trivia. This is Brent. I'm Suspicion, <laughs> and it's Star Wars 40th. Yeah. See you. Every pretty thing you plant, feel the leaves suffocate. The house stands empty, almost as labors turn to faded gray. As the vine creeps on in I will find a shell on the shore Use it to call A song that resonates through the earth Find you in there In the gifted house that holds you Start to burn
innocence fills the air.